This episode is the first part of our State Senate Spotlight series. We have released two 25-minute episodes spotlighting two different State Senate seat 26 candidates. My guest for this episode was born in Sudan and immigrated to Wisconsin at six years old. She is running a progressive, working-class campaign with a plethora of great ideas. This is the Madisonian Podcast, and I'm your host, Ben Brown. One of the biggest challenges I face while we're interviewing remotely is Wi-Fi. If you hear a skip or a weird noise, that's why. There are six Democrats running for state Senate seat 26. The primary is August 11th. Whoever wins the primary is running unopposed. My name is Nada Makashi. I'm a candidate for Wisconsin State Senate for the 26th Senate District, uh, which is here in the city of Madison. Um, And I um, am really excited to be here. I grew up in a small farming village in Sudan, Africa. I immigrated to the U.S. when I was six years old uh, with my family, and we grew up in and around Madison. Um, And so I went to the public schools here, went to UW, and then worked for Governor Evers, uh, Senator Jennifer Schilling, um, uh, before stepping down and running for office. So I'm running for the 26th Senate District here in Madison, uh, which encompasses the city of Madison and the town of Shorewood Hills. Uh, We're running a working class progressive campaign, um, and our election is on August 11th. So I'm really excited to be here. Um, Great. And... Could you tell us what was it like living in Sudan and, and give us a sense of, of what was it was like from, eight, from the ages of zero to six? Yeah, well, I remember playing with my friends all the time. I remember we grew up, you know, in a little village by the Nile. So it was a farming village and a lot of uh, animals and, and, and desert. So I remember all the good things. I remember the family. We had a really big family there. Um, and then I remember moving to the U.S. when I was six, when I was really young, uh, and kind of having a culture shock uh, at, at all the trees and all the new things that I didn't know. And so... I became like a really big reader, uh, and I really uh, tried very hard to in uh, in schooling, and so it's been a really cool journey since then. I still travel back and forth to visit my family in Sudan. I haven't been back in in a long time. Um, the the country is facing a, a revolution um, and a lot of uh, you know. Uh, problems right now within its own government so it's not necessarily safe to go there but hopefully in the future I can take a vacation and visit my family and and what was that change like coming to Madison from Sudan and can you tell us like just about some challenges you faced and what what impact that had on you yeah well when I remember when I came my first language was was Arabic so I didn't know how to speak the language and kind of being in in a class uh, where no one looked like me, where no one talked like me, uh, and where I didn't understand anyone really was, was for a six-year-old traumatizing. And so I remember kind of throwing myself into books, into learning to be able to, to speak English. I learned English in, in, a, in, 
a week, I think. Um, and it was, it was really cool to learn another language and kind of connect with people that I had never been before. And then pretty soon I, I kind of became immersed in, in American culture and really uh, grew up as, as a regular American kid. We faced a lot of adversity as an immigrant black family, um, but it also made me who I am and gave me a lived experience that I hope to take on uh, in, the, in the legislature. And how did your family choose Wisconsin? Yeah, so my dad actually won the Diversity Visa Lottery, which is a, a program that uh, the U.S. government holds to increase diversity within the United States. And so he applied. It's like a very, very small chance that you get it. And he happened to get it. And I believe that, you know, some of his friends uh, lived here or worked here. Uh, and he found a job in Madison. And so that's how, how we came to Wisconsin. Nice. So how was your high school experience and when did you realize, like, how did you decide what college? Was it was it simple because Ooh. it was Madison or, or just tell us about that decision? Yeah, I applied to a couple schools. I really liked Madison because it was like, you know, home. I also liked the UW uh, for, for m very many reasons. And I knew that I wanted to do pre-med. And so it offered really great programming in genetics. And so I studied that um, before I realized that I really liked politics. I really liked government. Uh, and I majored in legal studies and environmental studies. Um, and so those really uh, shaped who I was. High school was, was really fun. Um, I learned a lot, but I remember kind of wanting to be out and about in the world and getting done with high school uh, to really start pursuing kind of being being a change maker. So it's been a while. I'm 24, so only six years, but I don't remember very much. <laughs> right, right. Um, when did you realize that you wanted to make change, like be in legislature and 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 or and make when did you realize that you wanted to strive and to make change in our world in our community yeah um for me it was really uh when i started door knocking for a comp uh, an organization named next gen america uh where we went around the city and registered people that haven't voted before to vote to participate in their democracy um, so it was really interesting to see where our government was kind of failing people, where we had voter disenfranchisement. Uh, and so it turned my eye into the gap of leadership that we had here in Madison and Wisconsin and how much our working class wasn't represented, how much they couldn't participate uh, in their democracy. And so from next gen, uh, we helped get Governor Evers elected. I went into the Capitol and started working there. Um, so it was a really great first step into the world of government and knowing, uh, you know, that that was a place where I could make change and where I could be a megaphone for the people who whose voices have been silenced. And and what were some influences that really brought you into politics and and yeah, and really taught you a lot about it and. Yeah, that's a good question. I really like AOC, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Uh, I really like Bernie Sanders. I 
take a lot of inspiration for him from him because I think he embodies the progressive movement uh, in a lot of ways in, in kind of seeing government as working for the people uh, and not the other way around. So those are like my two biggest influences um, and I, I've learned a lot of uh, from them and I take a lot from their inspiration. And uh, tell us about some of your issues that are you you are most passionate about and you yeah. you want to fight to change yeah i'm really passionate about housing reform i think it's really crazy that uh rent has gone up 23 percent in the past five years while the minimum wage has stayed the same so a lot of people are facing displacement eviction gentrification and a lot of uh you know economic barriers that that keep them housing insecure so that's one of them um, I really think uh, environmental action is incredibly important. We're about to face a sixth mass extinction, um, and it's really important for us to pursue climate justice and make sure that we're mitigating the effect of the warming planet in intersectional ways, uh, making sure that we have clean, sustainable transportation and, and, and developments and, and that we're uh, really standing up to the fossil fuel industry is incredibly important to me. Uh, you know, closing our gaps uh, in education between uh, students of color um, and other students by really looking at the opportunity gap for a lot of people within our school system, uh, really bettering our, our labor protections, making sure that our teachers are getting paid enough, that we institute a fair minimum wage and, and paid time off, uh, and kind of pursuing a, a just economic, uh, uh, framework for how we combat the, the, uh, detriments of COVID-19 are, are very important to me and, and hopefully will be uh, on top of our legislative agenda. And um, uh, thinking about uh, uh, the Black Lives Matter movement and, and race in, the, in America and in our world, um, is, this, is this time for revolutionary change and how can we institute that in our legislature here in, in Wisconsin and, yeah. and tell us about that. Yeah, that's a very good question. Um, I think that Wisconsin, we have to come to terms with the fact that Wisconsin, you know, is the most segregated state in the country. And it's not just uh, because Republicans, you know, won't let us do what we, what we want to promote equity. It's also because, you know, uh, racial equity, uh, solving disparities, uh, really hasn't been a priority for a lot, a large majority of our legislature. And so we have to understand that, that systematic inequities in housing and education in, uh, in, in economic safety nets all really impact people of color. Um, incredibly, and that we as legislators have to look at police brutality, have to look at racial justice from a lens that, you know, promotes healing and promotes accountability, uh, but also is effective and is, uh, you know, very efficient in kind of solving the systematic injustices that we have. Uh, so we have a lot of work to do. I'm a black woman. Uh, you know, police brutality is something I worry about for my family, for myself. Uh, and so defunding the police, demilitarizing the police are really important uh, for us in order to, to really celebrate black lives, uh, promote the Black Lives Matter movement, and kind of move that funding into 
social services that that uplift the working class and not hurt hurt them. So that's a big, uh, you know, part of my story and a bigger part of my platform as well uh, that I hope to bring into the legislature. Yeah, and how how can we incite that defunding locally? Talk about that. Can you tell us about that process? I mean, by locally, I mean Wisconsin or Madison, just in general. Yeah, um, I think that it's on the city council, on the mayor, to really look at uh, the Madison Police Department to see where we can cut funds and push it into education, into housing uh, programs, into into equity programs. Um, I think that in that way we can promote a reimagination of our policing system, kind of pushing for community control, uh, pushing really for 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 uh, just kind of a just uh, reframing of what we what we see policing as, where if someone is suffering from a mental health crisis, having mental health resources available to them instead of a gun in their face is really important. And so for me, putting pressure on, on local governments uh, to really, uh, you know, decrease police brutality, uh, you know, reform our criminal justice system is just as important as the bills that I pass about bail reform, about uh, you know, uh, demilitarizing the police on the state level. So I'm excited to work with, with local officials to get that job done. So generational change is a big topic right now. You are the youngest candidate for state Senate seat 26. Um, is, is generational change in within our legislature and within Senate and Assembly and, and Council, is that necessary to fix issues and talk about generational change a little bit yeah i think that's that's a really important point i think generational change uh you know promotes a new understanding of what government should do for the people uh the person that i ran against senator risser is the longest serving legislator in the in the in u.s history for 57 years um, so he served since 1963, and there's a gap in leadership uh, when it comes to many of the problems that we have facing facing Madisonians. And so generational kind of representation is so important in the legislature because I truly believe that lived experience informs a lot of working class policy. So uh, younger demographics bring in, you know, kind of nuances to the climate justice movement, uh, to racial justice, to racial equity, uh, to, to, you know, democratic ideals uh, that that older generations miss and so we need an intergenerational coalition uh, within the capital to to make sure that we're prioritizing everyone and so it's very important for me to include the voices of young people include the voices of young activists uh, within my uh, platform I'm happy to be in do I'm honored to be um, endorsed by young climate action team the youth climate action team uh, by sunrise Madison by pride and running that are used based uh, organizations really looking to better their lives and better the lives of people around them. So I'm really excited to get to work organizing and advocating uh, with them. Great. And and can you give us a sense of what it's like to be on the on the campaign trail and and tell us what it, how it has changed you and what you've see, noticed, what you've seen and and tell us about that experience. 
Yeah, I mean, it's been one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life. I've learned so much. I met so many cool people in Madison, so many cool Madisonians who, you know, are so kind and giving and, and I exceptionally hopeful for the, the, the future of our city and our state. Um, and so it's been a lot of fun. It's been really difficult as well as times uh, to make sure that I'm always serving my constituency very well and being, you know, a megaphone uh, and the best uh, public servant that I can be. So it's been quite a journey. Um, would you encourage younger people to, who are considering going into politics or not, just would you encourage them to go into politics? Absolutely. I mean, I'm a young person in politics. I remember walking around the Capitol and kind of thinking, do I have to wait my turn uh, and, and, you know, take my time? And, and that is uh, a gatekeeping mechanism that, that, you know, people in power use to to maintain that power. And so I think for me, I realized I don't need permission to heal or to lead in places where, you know, leadership has failed us. And so that has been truly a wake-up call for my own personal responsibility uh, and for the responsibility that we all hold to, to better our, our society. And so I highly recommend young people to run and to hold agency uh, in their livelihood and in the livelihood of their community. Yeah. Um, can you give us a sense of uh, where, where will you be in, in five years or in 10 years or 15 years? Whether you're in Senate or not, give us an idea of, of what, what, what you would be doing. Ooh, yeah, well, I would, I think, for me, it's hard to, to look past, you know, these next four right, years, yeah. uh, kind of working in the Senate, making sure that we are really making incremental, effective, progressive change. I'd hope to be making change, you know, I'd hope to be uh, helping people and really you know, encouraging their, their voices and, and serving them. And so I know I'm going to be in public service for a very long time. So I think as of right now, that's probably where I'm going to end up. <laughs> and you've been a big part of the climate strikes, right? In, in, a, that was a year ago or a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And just, you're on the sustainable board in Madison and, can you tell that tell us what experience that has given given you and how how did you get into to really being passionate about that particular issue, the environment and, yeah. and, and climate crisis? Yeah, so as a young person, I mean, I couldn't really escape the um, kind of detriments that environmental uh, degradation was doing to my community, uh, overheating, um, uh, flooding and, and all, and, and viruses, pandemics were all caused by, by our, our earth warming. And so I started studying, um, environmental studies at UW Madison. And I was able to see that, that, you know, uh, we really needed to, to have progressive change that matched the scale of the crisis, uh, by really kind of challenging the fundamental assumptions of our, of our economic and capitalist societies. So at the federal level, I got really uh, involved in advocating for a Green New Deal, uh, really looking at how we can push for national and international reform uh, and enacting, you know, climate solutions on both the municipal and legislative 
uh, level. So we're looking at declaring a climate emergency in the state of Wisconsin, uh, looking at how we can keep fossil fuel money out of Wisconsin elections, um, and how we can go carbon free by 2030 because our, uh, you know, life, our lives as young people uh, are, are, you know, depend on it. And so I, you know, I'm really interested in public lands and, and access to all and bridging the adventure gap, uh, more bike trails, more trees. Um, it's just a really great way to keep our planet healthy and to keep ourselves healthy. So that is one of, you know, one of the most passionate topics that I, that I have. And, and the climate crisis is disproportionately affecting people of color and communities of color. How can we how can we change that and how can we help that and yeah, well, or fix that? Yeah, so I think the climate crisis is an environmental racism crisis and so climate justice is the answer. Uh, while the climate crisis, you know, will impact all of us, black, indigenous, people of color and marginalized communities uh, will bear the majority of the of the burden. And so, uh, you know, it means that those who are less likely to contribute to the climate crisis uh, by consuming fossil fuel based products are the ones most likely to face death and displacement because of it. And so we've only had really short-term half fixes uh, to what is really an equity problem, and we need to mitigate, mitigate the, the threat on our horizon by really addressing white supremacy, the patriarchy, transphobia, homophobia, xenophobia, and ableism. And so, you know, there's there's an oppression of marginalized people that's not rhetorical. Um, and in every aspect of society, marginalized communities are hit first by the crisis. So we really have to make sure that we're included, we're centering indigenous voices. You know, we live on stolen Ho-Chunk land. Uh, you know, our, our political reality must include the voices of those that, that haven't been represented. Uh, you know, it's not left versus right. Uh, it's really just top versus bottom. It's the working class versus the wealthiest 1%. Uh, who, who continue to exploit our labor and our bodies for their own gains. So we really need to do, to make sure that we understand that climate justice and the climate crisis is about power. And we need to take give that power back uh, to working class uh, communities and communities of color. Yeah, you are definitely running for the for the working class. And that that's your big thing, right? And so, uh, so without taking like a stab at your other candidates what do you bring to the table that would be helpful in in senate and and i know you you've i you've talked about these issues mm -hmm. but you i think more you as a person i mean mm -hmm. that's a really great question you're a great interviewer ben um oh, thank you without <laughs> taking a stab i think what i um bring to the table is my lived experience um and you know this 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 passion that I have for making sure that working class issues are, are, are solved. And so I think a lived experience begets prioritization. Um, I think it, it makes, you know, if I'm living this crisis, if I'm affected by housing uh, reform, if I'm affected by, uh, you know, uh, economic insecurity, then I know that I will hold uh, great attention to it in the legislature. And so we need more representative voices of the working class in the legislature and I truly think that I come from a background that's going to help me connect with constituencies all over Wisconsin uh, to help flip the legislature blue and get our policies across and to you know bring their voices to the table 
you know, because because I, you know, hope to be a really great listener and a really great pub, uh, public servant. And so for me, that drive comes from my my childhood growing up, comes from my story, comes from my experience uh, in organizing. And so that differentiates me a lot from the other candidates in this race. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. And, and thank you for just letting me interview you. The Madisonian Podcast is a production of Benjamin Brownie in association with We Are Productions. It's hosted by Ben Brown, cover art, editing, producing, and booking by Ben Brown. Interning by Nev Fisher. Thank you for the help. If you are a Madisonian and would like to be on the show, please email at benjaminbrownieproductions at gmail.com to express interest. Please support us by buying our merch at teespring.com slash stores slash the Madisonian podcast, or click the link in the description of this episode. 